Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. some epic games tonight in the Open Cup. Welcome along everybody to Morning Footy. It's good to have you with us to start your day. I'm Poppy Miller here with Chris Whittingham, Jordan Angeli, and it is a massive day here on the Golasso Network because Messi is playing on our network later on. And Nigel Ria I love the suit. Thank you so much for dressing up for us today. Thank you. I know you two uh, played uh, picketball yesterday. Pick it, Did you also? Pick it. pick it, isn't it? Pickle. Pickle. Pickle, pickle pick it, same thing. <laughs> I'm guessing you two Where probably you? text each other as well. We need to you know, yeah. dress the suit. I, mean, I wish I got the memo, but yeah. I We didn't get the memo as well. Yeah, yeah I didn't get the two-tone shirt memo either. Uh, I, I would have gone for it if I had known. <laughs> Yeah. We were going to invite you to pick up, but then we decided we wanted to win, so we thought, let's leave Nigel <laughs> And when we roster. did. And when we did, especially with Charlie Davies. He uh, kept <laughs> us in it on a few occasions. It's a big day today, though. We're going to see a massive match later on between Inter Miami and Cincinnati on the Galasso Network. Uh, Tata Martino said that Messi will play. Our coverage starts for you at 6 o'clock Eastern. And then after that game, you've got the Dynamo taking on RSL at 9.30 Eastern. So uh, life for Messi and Inter Miami, Nigel, couldn't have really gone much better, could it, so far? Do you think it'll be the Messi show once again tonight? It's definitely going to be the messy show again. You know, um, he's taken to it like duck to water, but you've got to give credit to Inter Miami as well. They've done everything as a club to make Lionel Messi feel comfortable. You know, you've signed Busquets there, who's been absolutely instrumental in the midfield. And also, they've got a Jordi, as well as we have a Jordi. They've got this Jordi Alba, <laughs> who's helped out there. So they've really strengthened the team. You know, normally to have a good team, you say the strength comes from the core, right down the middle. But they've got experienced players in every part of the, the, the team structure. Messi up top, Busquets in the midfield, Alba at the back. And also, they've got a manager, Tata Martinez, who Messi has worked with. So... Everything is done there, and really, it's all about success, and that's what you're seeing right now. But we know how good Cincinnati have been this season. Is this going to be their biggest test to date, do you think, Chris? I think the League's Cup final was an incredible test for Inter-Miami, and Nashville FC really challenged them in the game. But FC Cincinnati, if you look at the figures for them at home, 11 wins, one draw, zero losses at home this season. They've only given away eight goals in their 12 home matches. They're an incredible defensive team, but at the same time, they're missing a key player and Yersin Mosquera. Pat Nooner revealing yesterday that he's not going to start in that back line of three for FC Cincinnati. So you have Matt Miazga coming back from yellow card accumulation. He missed the game at the weekend against 
against Columbus, a 3-0 defeat. But I think you have to imagine that FC Cincinnati have been pouring everything into this game. And I think that we'll start to see that going forward now. When teams play Inter-Miami, they return to league play on Saturday against New York Red Bulls. I think teams are going to be view Inter-Miami playing Messi as their cup final. I know it's a cup semifinal, but I think it's their cup final today. You'll get FC Cincinnati's best effort, which this season is best in MLS. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting. Again, for FC Cincinnati, they play in a three-back, as you just mentioned. And when you're playing in a 3-5-2, which then the, the wing-backs are going to drop back, there's giant pockets of space that I think against this inner Miami squad, you cannot leave those pockets open. It's where Messi likes to operate, uh, tucked in on the right wing so he can come in on his left foot. There's going to be a massive responsibility, I think, from Miazga really organizing, making sure that this is a, a team who knows who's picking up what run because – this could go south pretty quickly. We saw Miami play against a three-back when they played Philadelphia. And granted, Philadelphia is not as seasoned as FC Cincinnati is in this formation. But I think that they're going to have to really manage the half space. You're asking for trouble if you're playing a back three against Lionel Messi. That's Do you think strategy. they'll change it? No. You have to change it. Common yeah. sense will change it. I think that the team that's made it the most difficult for Lionel Messi that I've seen is Nashville. Yeah, but you think they're surprised. going to change it? You think Cincinnati's going to change their back? They haven't they played that way. I think they will change it, but they should change yeah. it. Common sense will tell you you have to change it. You have to respect who you're coming up against. You're coming up against Lionel Messi, again, Busquets and, and Jordi Alba, top-class players. The thing you have to be is organised. You have to keep the gaps tight. You have to go into 4-4-2, but you've got to make sure there's no gaps or pocket of space where Lionel Messi can affect mm -hmm. the game. The best team that have made it most difficult for them, no surprise, is Nashville. You know, managed by Gary Smith, a, a highly rated manager, in my opinion, underrated for what he does, but they made it difficult. It's about football intelligence. That's what it is. You know, Lionel Messi's got natural ability, but when you come up against top-class players, that 1%, it's not just the ability they possess. It's the football intelligence, how they operate. So you need to slow him down, stop his influence in the game. You're never going to be able to stop him because there's sometimes you just have to put your hand up to say, yeah. that's amazing. There's nothing you can do about that. But you there's other times where you can have five can't. people behind the ball and he can still score like he just did against Nashville. And it's not just that side to Nigel. It's if all the attention goes to that side, well, Robert Taylor can play in the pocket and then Jordi Alba is going to be overlapping him. So how do Cincinnati manage the channels? I think that's a really big key in this But you game. just said you don't think they will change it even though they should change it. But if Pat Noonan's looking at his back line and thinking we've got players missing, we're planning to only go out with a three-back, surely that's temptation enough with, without one of their key centre-backs. I do think, though, that FC Cincinnati are committed to their system. They yeah. do what they do. And you can't really question it because they're top of MLS by seven points. They've been sensational defensively at home and across the board all season long. So you can understand the temptation to change. And if you look at the two players that are playing on Messi's side of the field, Messi's side of the field is everywhere. But on <laughs> Messi's side of the field, it, in the last game, it was Raymond Gaddis, who's a converted fullback playing at left center back, and Alvaro Barroyal, who's the most attacking wing back in the league. And so you're potentially leaving tons of, tons of spaces open. The one thing that I will say is we're talking a lot, of this, uh, a lot about this from a defensive point of view. To me, the team that most had Miami on the ropes were FC Dallas. Mm. There were two goals up in the game. They scored four goals in the game. Why? Because they found the spaces in behind. I wonder if at some point, and I know this might seem like a very dangerous tactic. It might seem like something that you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself to go for. But attack this Miami team. Find the spaces. And, yes, you might get beaten behind, and you might end up losing three or four nil. But Dallas and scoring four goals gave Miami their toughest challenge. Three so, or four mm, could be a bit more of Messi play. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I agree to you. I think that the thing is you've got to put – 
the attention on the manager and the coaches. You know, there's more than one way to win a football match. Mm -hmm. And you have to adapt. The modern game now is you have to adapt to what's going on. You know, we talk about one of the greats in the likes of Pep Guardiola as a manager. He's adapted. You know, mm -hmm. people talk about the beautiful football that Manchester City play. Now watch Manchester City. Sometimes they're not scared to go direct straight into Haaland and try and get to the goal as quickly as possible. What about from a player's perspective, though, Nigel? Because obviously you've been the captain of Premier League clubs in the locker room, but if you're Cincinnati before you're going out to a game where it's you win and you're in or lose and you go home, what are you trying to say to the players around you to make you aware of Messi but also not afraid to play your football? Uh, Poppy, they just don't make them like me anymore. Poppy. <laughs> don't, don't make them like you me You don't anymore. say so yeah. yourself. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I've always been... Uh, I've always been very competitive. It's about competing. And I think the message as a player, you can deliver, do as much as you can as a captain, but the biggest message comes from the manager and the coach. You can't be there and let the moment overtake you. Yes, you're playing against Lionel Messi. You show him respect, but not too much mm -hmm. respect. You don't want to be a fanboy or a spectator and let mm -hmm. the game pass you by. I always used to go in, regardless of who I was playing against, you know, fortunate to play against some of the greats, obviously, you know, Ronaldo and that. But for me, it was more about I'm going to make sure he remembers my name. I'm going to make sure he remembers the back of my shirt. And when you do that and have that kind of mentality, when you do come across these players later on in your career, you can see that there's a level of respect because they respect mm -hmm. you for what you did on the football pitch. So it's not about being a fan. It's about being a professional and doing your job on the pitch. But we've even seen players try to be physical with Messi. We've, tried, we've seen them try to stop him in every way possible, Jordan. So what do you do if you are trying to defend him tonight? How do you stop Leo Messi in this Miami attack? Well, it has to be. be it has to be a be honest, be honest, <laughs> team. Honest. It has to be a team, cohesive unit. You do everything you can. But I, I, I think we were talking about earlier, and I said good offense is always going to beat good defense every day of the week, and that's what Messi shows us time and time again. Like, he's done this in every single league that he's gone to. So you have to be, you have to be almost willing at times to say, okay, we're going into this game knowing that there could be a moment of brilliance here, so we have to be better in a couple of different moments. We have to make sure in transition play, I think Cincinnati's going to have uh, the, the ability in transition to get after Miami, which is what, or, what you guys were saying. But when they do have the ball, this is a Cincinnati squad who can pull a team apart. So defend as a unit, make sure you know where he is at all times. But you have to score goals. Cincinnati can't go into this game thinking they're going to get out of there one to nothing, which they did eight times at the beginning of the season. It's not going to be a one to nothing game. And if it is, it's not going to be in their favor. I'll just say the biggest thing is it's football intelligence. You know, we don't talk about it a lot. It's football intelligence in understanding where danger is. That's it. Lionel Messi is always going to be Lionel Messi. But as players, defensively, you have to understand where there's danger, where there's not. You don't always have to pick him up or man mark him. But like sometimes when he picks up the ball, you know he pops it out wide. You either pass him onto a centre-back or you follow him all the way through as a centre midfielder. That's seeing danger. Yes, he doesn't have the ball, but you know he's going into the box to maybe get into a tap-in. It's mm -hmm. all about football intelligence. Th those are the times he's most dangerous too, when yes, he just when he pops, pops the ball off, because he is off. He's always and dangerous. If you don't get a body on him. Like <laughs> <laughs> Ten goals, one trophy so uh -huh. far, and potentially another one to come as well if they can get past this Cincinnati side tonight. Here's another look at our coverage that gets started for you at 6 o'clock Eastern. Susanna Collins, Charlie Davies, Jordan will be there, Mo Adu, Nico Cantor's on site, and then let's not forget Dre Cordero and the famous Ray Hudson on the call. We're looking forward to that. We're going to talk more about the Open Cup later on in the show. But up next here on Morning Footy, Ali Trost-Martin has the day's headlines. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. 
Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Hey, welcome back to Morning Footy. This is scenes at Malaga Airport after Malaga were relegated from the second to third division. The fans are upset that there haven't been any new signings. So you know what? They took matters into their own hands and just pretended. Oh. <laughs> he looks a bit confused, doesn't he? He, does, he, he signed somebody's arm. He just went with it. This, this is a great tourist right here. Nigel, get yourself to Malaga Airport. This could be you. <laughs> yeah, I love, love the signing of a steno pad there. The, the guy the guy going along with the bit, fair play. He's, sat, he's giving them his signature. I'm, that's the best part about it. He's that. like, sure. Yeah. I'm famous. He definitely called some, he called some of his friends. was like, you'll never believe what just happened to me at the Malaga airport. Oh. I love that. Maybe it's going to push the club to make some signings. And if not, hey, they can do it on their own. Maybe they've uh, signed some of them up. Uh, Ali, good morning. What have you good got for morning. us? What's the headlines of the Woody, day so far? First of all, don't act so surprised. That's what we did last night when your delayed flight finally got it. We all swarmed around, asked for autographs, and now you're here. Um, but yes. We do have some headlines, and we'll start in the Premier League. Burnley have completed the signing of Aaron Ramsey from Aston Villa. The 20-year-old midfielder has signed a five-year deal to become Burnley's 11th summer signing. Ramsey was part of the U19 squad that won the UEFA European Championship in 2022. Meanwhile, it has been a rough week for Man U, who lost 2-0 to Tottenham over the weekend. Their new summer signing, Mason Mount, also picked up an injury during the match that will keep him out until after the international break coming up on September 4th through the 12th. Mount will miss United's matches against Nottingham Forest and Arsenal. And Alexis McAllister and Liverpool have won their appeal against the red card shown to the midfielder in his match against Bournemouth on Saturday. McAllister received the card from referee Thomas Brommel for a high tackle on Ryan Christie in the 58th minute. The midfielder was set to miss the next three matches for the direct red, but will now be available to play this weekend against Newcastle. And now over to Spain, nine-time NBA champion Steve Kerr has become a shareholder of La Liga side Mallorca, where he will join NBA legend Steve Nash as part of the ownership group. The Golden State Warrior coach becomes the latest high-profile American to invest excuse me, in a European soccer club. Not getting choked up by this. Mallorca currently sits in 15th place in La Liga after two matches and will face Granada away this Saturday. And Pep Guardiola will miss Manchester City's next two matches following emergency surgery. The 52-year-old manager underwent back surgery on Tuesday in Barcelona and will miss City's next two matches. Assistant Juan, uh, Juan Malilo will replace him on the touchline for the upcoming matches against Sheffield United and Fulham. Nigel, this is tough. It's not for too long of a time, but how do you see this impacting? This Man City side. It's going to be a big impact. You know, Pep Guardiola is a coach that coaches as the game is going on. We've seen him argue with his own players even after scoring a goal <laughs> because it's not good enough. That's how demanding he is. So the thing as a player is when you've got a, player, a coach or a manager that's that involved in the game as it's going on and he's not there on the sideline, 
you can get a bit more comfortable and a bit more relaxed because there'll be no one that can ever replace Pep Guardiola's presence on the sideline, how he coaches and kicks the ball with the players, the demands he has for that full 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. So... I think it's going to be quite interesting to see how the players react to it. For the Do you next think event. some players might quite enjoy it? Because we know how intense and how animated he is on the sideline. And we <laughs> even see the players sometimes like, let me play. Yeah. If you're a player and you've got Pep Guardiola constantly on the sideline, scrutinising every move, are you thinking, yeah, today... It's down to me. I just do my own thing today. Yeah, but at the same time as a player, you're going to take your foot off the gas a bit slightly because you know he's not there. And the assistant will not have that same kind of presence or aura about himself on the sideline. Players do do that. So they, they will probably be happy he's not there because obviously he might be watching and, you know, could tell him, but it's like, OK, you're not Pep. Yeah. So they'll take their foot off the gas. I don't know. I don't think they will. This Manchester City squad is just so regimented. They are structured in what they're doing. I think they know the system so well. Um, I know what it's like to be on the sideline when the coach is yelling in your ear and you're thankful that the next half is coming because you're on the <laughs> other side of the field. Um, so I, I can see that where it's not constant coaching, but I don't Yes, this is, this is going to be different, but I don't see it as a huge problem for Manchester City. Man, they, they know how to get it done, and this is a team who it has a winning mentality. Like no, that, yeah, they, you can't. they do, but then Pep being on the sideline, it's like when you cook an amazing dish and that little bit of secret spice, that's what Pep brings to this the team. Spice. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm always in the chef. I'm <laughs> Just chef. give the assistant like a little... It's no, it's, 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 <laughs> it's that secret sauce. That's what Pep is, that little spice on the sideline. Right. I think this is another place where Kevin De Bruyne's injury could come into play. Because I do True. think if there's a yeah. player a that point. could potentially drive the standards of this Manchester City side, it would be Kevin De Bruyne. But it really is on the players now to sort of elevate and say, all right, we don't have the coach who's yelling at us all the time. We have to be the ones that drive the standards. The one thing that, like you said, Jordan, would give Manchester City a fair bit of confidence is their standards are already set. Their system is already in place. Yeah. But it's just the tweaks within the game. Can you find the solutions? Can the coaching staff without Pep find the solutions? Mm -hmm. And also, look at the opposition for these next couple games. You should be able to take care of Fulham and Sheffield United without yeah. your manager screaming at you in the technical you, area. You don't think Pep's just texting him? Like, oh, hey, he's going to be on the live stream. He's going to be on the live stream. Yeah, they're yeah. going to have we're a gonna see, uh, Yeah, we're going to see John Herdman style <laughs> flesh-colored AirPods yeah. on, on, on the touchline for the Manchester so. City Maybe coaches. Maybe Erling Haaland will be quite relieved. What was it? He had a brace in the last game and Pep Guardiola was straight on at halftime because oh, yeah. he didn't like how yeah. he held He's, the ball up. Pep's like yeah. pushing the camera away, like, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> OK, still to come here on Morning Footy, we're going to look back at yesterday's Champions League qualifiers, plus look ahead at what is to come as the group stage becomes closer and closer. We'll be right back. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hi, welcome back to Morning Footy. Coming up later today in the Champions League qualifiers, you've got Braga against Panathinaikos, Maccabi Haifa taking on Young Boys and Molda against the Turkish side Galatasaray. Yesterday, three matches complete, though, including a draw between Rangers and PSV. 2-2, it finished, leaving the tie to be decided in Eindhoven. It was a fantastic game, though, wasn't it? It felt like Champions League qualifying all over again uh, from last year. Rangers, Nigel, got on the score sheet first, though. Yeah, Rangers got on the score sheet first, and it's always a... What a finish Ooh, that is. Sensational. Oh, take a bow, pick your spot, technique all the way into the top bin. But the, the goals in this game were absolutely stunning. It would continue at PSV. Cross comes into the penalty. Look at this dummy right here. Little dummy, left it there. Ibrahim Sangare, bang, what a finish. But that dummy is stunning stuff. Yeah, well then, watch this counterattack. This is to perfection by Rangers. This the ball. pass in behind, there's... Matondo, easy there to just put it in the back of the net. The pass was incredible. And then Luke de Jong would finish this game at 2-2 with the header from the corner. It's a good result for PSV, as you mentioned, Poppy. Shoulder. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) Going back to Eindhoven at 2-2. But uh, for Rangers, you feel like you got to take advantage more of that home field you're playing at Ibrox. It's one of the best atmospheres in Europe, and you only come away with the 2-2. You feel like it's advantage PSV going to the second leg. Yeah, they're going to be disappointed, especially to concede so late on from a set piece. When you're at home, you need to make it count. And uh, like you said, Ibrox is a special place. When those fans get behind you, it's absolutely mm-hmm. electric. Yeah. And our Rangers are playing right now. They're playing that counter-attacking style. You know, the, the ever-reliant talisman in, in Tavernier and Sufentes down that right-hand side very dangerous, but they've made it very difficult for themselves. Even though they did it last year, they were the ones who knocked out PSV. It just feels like it's going to yeah. be a bigger call now to they go away. They had the second leg at home last year, didn't yes, they? Which exactly. made a massive, That's the big massive impact. In Sefuentes, you just mentioned for Rangers, in someone that American fans are going to be familiar with, playing at LAFC for so many years. But the, the thing that I look at for the second leg is this is a Rangers squad who went up twice, and they tried to defend that lead twice at home weren't able to do it. I think going away, that was probably what you were going to go to, going to a little bit more of a defensive stance, making sure you could go on the counter. But if you can't defend the lead, how are you going to do that at home? How are you going to do it away from home? I think that's the biggest issue for Rangers going into the second leg. Well, it's a bit tactical and and, uh, mentality as well because it's away from home, there's more demand on PSV. So the fans are going to be on PSV to be the aggressive team, start well, get on them. If Rangers can be organised defensively and play to their strengths, which is counter-attacking right now, and not concede, and especially not conceding from set pieces, they give themselves half a chance. But again, as influential as it can be at Ivrox, PSV at home are another team that have some real tremendous mm-hmm. fan base and, and great support. Yeah, and they played well in that game. What about Serginho Des, the American? Because obviously a lot of American fans would have been watching him. He uh, didn't have the best time at Milan, only making eight appearances 
Did you like what you saw from him at PSV yesterday? Yeah, you saw moments where he's the furthest man going forward on the on the left side, was playing kind of as a converted left back, which you've seen him play for the U.S. But getting into forward positions was involved in the buildup as well. But I think you kind of saw everything about Sergio Des' game in this one because we talk about the good positions he takes up in attacking areas and doing well getting forward down the left. But 30 seconds into the second half and a chance that we didn't show you, gets beat on a 1-2, was kind of caught napping, didn't track his runner to Vernier coming down the right side for Rangers. Get, gets in behind. Thankfully, the goalkeeper makes a save. But I think you kind of saw everything about Sergio Des game. What this season is about for him playing at PSV is improvement. Yes. Is getting better from a defensive point of view. I'm not certain that playing for Peter Bosch, that's necessarily the guy who's going to teach him that kind of skill. He's a very attack-minded manager. Get fullbacks forward, and it's all about going forward. But I, I do think it's, it's about it's skill evolution. Consistency as well and getting that match fitness back because that's something he just massively struggled with last year. Number one, he needs to play games. This is a player who needs to play games. That's where you're learning those types of things. That's where the real um, growth comes from in match situations. You can't be, you can't be beat on a one-two. You just can't at this level. And this Nigel happens. Nigel knows all about that. And, and, Never happens. <laughs> and Sergio Dest is a, a player who needs to improve on the defensive side, and he needs to improve on his efficiency when he gets in the attacking third. I think those two areas, if he can get better through gameplay. He can round out his game. His game, but the the problem for me and the issue that I think he sees too is he just turns off in moments, and it's little moments where you, you just can't do that as an outside back at the highest level. I agree with you, Jordy. I think the biggest thing is he needs to want to get better, and he has to be in the right environment where he can be coached to become mm -hmm. better. Defensively, he doesn't see danger or understand danger or have good positioning sense. Attacking-wise, he's got the athleticism to get forward, but then you're going to be judged. If you want to be seen as a top fullback at the highest level, you're going to be judged on your end product, your delivery, your decision-making in the final third. And he's half and half between both ways. Like mm -hmm. you said, you can't get beat on a one-two. Mm -hmm. As a defender, your first job is to defend first. Forget getting forward. Do your job defensively that you, the winger doesn't actually want to even come up against you, wants to go somewhere else because you're so good defensively. Then you add to your attacking game. If you were Sergino Dest, you'd say, you know what, if I want to be the best, let me look at the best. Let me look at Kyle Walker right now. Let me look at how Kyle Walker defends, and let me look at Kyle Walker's decisions he makes in the attacking third. That's what you need to do as a player. You don't need a manager or coach to tell you that. Well, speaking of those top teams, he could have a chance to play against them if they can make it to the Champions League group stage. It was Rangers that made it last year, and then they massively underperformed. But just from a club perspective, for them to make it so far into the Champions League and the money that they would get around it and the experience, do you give the edge to PSV in this second leg? I think so. I yeah. think heading back home, you've got the 2-2 and now it's just about really delivering because before Rangers got the first goal it showed you that fantastic finish but the first 43 minutes of the game were dominated by PSV in, in, in possession they just couldn't convert chances so I think going back home presumably they'll have that same level of control of the game presumably they'll finish better with their home fans with Luke de Jong leading the line we haven't talked about the two American players that didn't play in this game Malik Tillman and Ricardo Pepe could potentially come on and make the difference in the second half of the second leg but I do think that PSV is just a better team and, and I, I think they're going to knock Rangers out of the competition. Ooh, I'm going against you. I'm going straight Rangers. <laughs> All right. I'm, 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 going Rangers. Wow. I'm going Rangers. All right. Rangers mentality is going to be, they're going to treat this game like they are in the Champions mm -hmm. League already. They're going to mm -hmm. give a, a, a typical tactical away performance. They know what to expect. You know, it's not new for these guys in hostile environments. And I think they're going to make it very difficult for PSV and they're going to nick a little 1-0 win. I think especially because of how well Celtic have done in the last couple of years as well, obviously winning the, the Scottish Premiership and beating them in old firm derbies. It feels like Rangers may have slipped off the mark a bit. This would be a real good opportunity for them 
to get back into things. So yeah. who are you going for, Jordan? It's what a good opportunity, you? but after seeing how they defend up a goal, I'm just not convinced that they can do it away from home. I, I, I'm going PSV as well. Ooh, because there's Rangers more Americans gave, in PSV, that's why. <laughs> they gave up two goals at home when they were up a goal. I just... You, if you're going to rely on that, if you're going to rely on your defensive structure and your defensive presence, and then to give up two goals at home when you had it okay. in the back. When Rangers win, okay. you guys can all buy me breakfast. All right, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Deal. We'll, we'll, we'll bring coffee breakfast. next time we, we come around for morning footy. Coffee. Wow, I didn't know you were such a big Rangers fan now. I only drink coffee yeah. from Blue Mountain, just so you know. Okay, got it. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, you're still to come here on Morning Footy. We're going to look ahead to the later match in the Open Cup at Houston against RSL. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Oh, we just cannot wait for tonight. We've got full coverage starting for you for the two matches in the Open Cup starting at 6 o'clock. Eastern Susanna Collins, Charlie Davis, Dre Cordero on the call, Ray Hudson and Nico Cantor will be on site in Cincinnati for the match against Inter Miami. And then to conclude the night, Houston taking on RSL. Houston coming in off a massive... What? You didn't even include me in that. Oh, sorry, and Jordan. Well, I said you were also good there. Honestly, it ran away from me. I was thinking, who else is I thought she it? had more jokes, Nigel. I know. She, she take, Poppy takes little shots. Don't worry about Poppy. She's good There's at so it. There's so many people on the coverage tonight. That's how big it is. Wow. Jordan is also going to be on it. Sat right in centre. Did I forget anybody else? Dre, Ray, Mo, Charlie, Susanna, you? You got it now. Nico. Pops. Okay, Nico. Nico, yes. <laughs> Poor Nico. It is a lot of yeah. people. It's a lot. It's, it's, right. it's only Nico. It's just so many people. He's on the sidelines. Someone's bound to get forgotten. He's going to enjoy his life. I, yeah. think, I think he might forget he's on the broadcast once he sees Leo Messi. He's going to be chasing, trying to get a selfie with him so he can show Jenny. Uh, okay, so this game, who do you give the edge to, Nigel? Because obviously... RSL haven't played since August 8th when they lost to LAFC uh, and Houston coming in off a very big win. I'm going to let Wit start with this one, Poppy, before I give my opinion. <laughs> I'm going to let Wit start. All right. Uh, I, I'm, 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 I'm going to go for Houston at home here just because I think that Houston are a team that even in this competition, at times early in the year, they were struggling to find goals. But they had a breakout performance against Minnesota in the, in, in, in the round of 16 of this tournament. They've really progressed as this tournament has gone along. I think they're prioritizing this. If you're Ben Olsen, you come into this club, first season, kind of, I think he has to prove himself a little bit to the supporters there, coming off of a pretty poor run towards the end at DC United. He's got to impress. So I think taking a trophy home in your first season is a great way to build. I, I do think that there's a chance that maybe Coco Carasquilla leaves before the end of this transfer window. He's drawing European interest. So you want to get a trophy in the bag yeah. before he goes. I like the look of this midfield. I like Houston playing at home, considering it's one of the best home fields 
the advantages if you can take advantage of it because it's so hot and humid and sticky playing in Houston, even at night in the middle of the summer, going against an RSL team that haven't played for a while. I think Houston hits them early, and I think they go on to win the game. Yeah, it's going to be 92 degrees, Jordan just yeah, told us. Nigel's just taking over. He's like, Jordy, now no, you. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> waiting to see. I'm, I'm taking my time right now. I like this matchup because both of these teams have a true identity. You, you know how they want to play, You and there is – um, some real interesting little tweaks that they play in. I think Bossy for Houston has been a really interesting addition for them. Karaskia, he's on the right, but he tucks inside almost as a dual 10 in moments. But for me, the way, the way Houston has built, they've solidified their back line. They're getting a lot out of Escobar and out of Griffin Dorsey, the Colorado kid. Uh, grew <laughs> up playing with Griffin a lot. Um, getting a lot out of him as of late. But Artur is healthy now. And I think Artur has really sat and allowed Hector Herrera to be a little bit more as an as a eight. He can go forward. He doesn't have, have as much responsibility sitting in now. And, and Artur just keeps the pace of the game for them. And I think on the other side, what I'm worried about is this an RSL team who, forget about the loss, because they actually didn't play poorly in that loss against LAFC. They, they fell apart for a few minutes in their last game, gosh, over three weeks ago. But they don't have Pablo Ruiz now. Pablo Ruiz makes this RSL team tick. And I'm interested to see, Nigel, because I have a feeling that you're leaning a little bit more towards <laughs> RSL, that who's gonna, who can replace Ruiz? Because the way that Pablo Mastorini wants his team to play, they are very aggressive in this 4-4-2. The wingers tuck inside, or the outside outside players can tuck inside and really overload centrally to let their outside backs go. But you know who playmakes the whole time? It's Ruiz. He's pinging the ball around. Now without him, I think it's going to be – they're thankful. They're thankful they had weeks to prepare for this to get somebody else in the rotation. Masterani is a, a great coach. And what yes. he's done and what he's building at Real Salt Lake, he deserves a lot of credit. Real Salt Lake are one of the best teams to watch in MLS. Mm -hmm. I love their style. As you say, they're very winger-orientated. You talk about Savarino, Gomez, and even Diego Luan. Luan has come on and played the young yeah. lad coming yeah. through the academy. They are a better squad and team than Houston. Like, I like what Houston are doing. Houston's strength is their midfield. Our tour, mm -hmm. but the biggest influence in, in Houston is Hector Herrera. But for me, I just feel that Real Salt Lake have more options off the bench, more plays they can bring on to this game to change the dynamic. And then obviously now you bring on Arango now yes. up top. Now they've got a striker who can finish, and you've got the likes of you don't always have to even start Gomez. Gomez can come on, and you've got Savarino can play out wide. They're mm -hmm. such a great dynamic team, and defensively they're good. But I just feel that Real Salt Lake will mm -hmm. beat Houston. I'm going against the grain again. By the way, there, there is a prize at the end of this for, for Real Salt Lake as well. Beyond playing in a cup yes. final, they'll host the cup final. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about maybe I, – I, you, don't, you don't want to make everything about Messi because this is the segment where we're not talking about Messi. But, <laughs> but you, you have to bring up his name. Right, right? of course. You just had but, to bring up his no, name. No, I had to. I had to because you could host Inter-Miami in the final. You could host uh, FC Cincinnati in the final. Regardless, if mm -hmm. Real Salt Lake win this game, they're hosting the final. And so – all of a sudden, you're looking at, all right, our prize, if we can put in a good away performance, is we're a home win away from winning a, yeah. a, a trophy. So I think there's such a big opportunity on there, and I think Real Salt Lake want to seize it. Chicho Arango is so good, and I'm so happy this, this RSL squad brought him in because I think he fits what Pablo wants oh, and how he wants his team to play. My big question, do you start Diego Luna at, 
from the does he start this game? Because I think that the relationship that those two have is developing really nicely. The question is, is Luna good enough on the defensive side? Does he give yeah. Pablo enough defensively to, to start him from the get-go? Because Some... offensively, like, the U.S. has produced a 10. Like, he tucks inside, he plays like a 10. He's so fun to watch. What Maserani's done this season so far, he's been good with his team. He's rotated his team a lot. He hasn't yeah. kept it. The, this is my starting 11, then this is my, my sub. Everyone actually has to earn the right to play. And what he does is also it depends on the opposition. Luna I like a lot. And defensively, he does actually commit defensively as well as he does attacking-wise. I've seen him be in the back for making last-ditch tackles, following yeah. runners. So he's got him working at the highest level for such a young lad and, and committed to both sides, mm -hmm. defending and attacking. And the ability that he possesses, I think he, has, he, he can definitely unlock. And if he can get in behind the strength of Houston, which is that midfield three of um, Artur and Hector Herrera. If you can get in behind them, that's where they'll cause yeah. problems. But they've got the striker, Arango. We saw, Chris, though, Cincinnati lose after a long break. Do you think that that's going to help this RSL side having time off or hinder them? I think Jordan brought up a great point, which is that if you're trying to figure out how, how you're going to adjust around losing one of your key midfield players, you have some time to do it. But... I don't think in the middle of the season it's good to have that long of a break mm -hmm. from August 8th to August the 23rd, like going 15 days without playing a game. Yeah. You're trying to figure out solutions. You're trying to figure things out. Even with Arango coming into the team, it's a relatively new signing. You have to try and figure out how all these pieces fit. To me, you do that best on the field. And so to kind of come not just – out of a break into a game, but into a cup semifinal where you have to put in a good performance. Houston coming on. I know they only played two days ago, but it was a 5-0 win over Portland. Portland sacked their manager as a result of how lopsided that game was. And so Houston's going into this game in a great moment where also Lakes has been kind of sitting there waiting to play the biggest game of their season. And they were up so much, they got to rest some players. They brought some players off at the end of that game, did Houston. So I think for RSL, Pablo demands a lot out of his teams, too. D defensively, there is structure. You have to work hard. That's why I had the question about Luna. Yeah. So I think, in a way, this might be a reinvigorated squad. Like, I'm going the other way, where I think the rest allows them to truly rest a little bit so they can give this game the all-out effort that it deserves there might be a couple moments where you see some of that rust from not playing for two yeah. weeks knock off. But... But this is this team, both of these teams, Pablo and uh, Ben Olsen, you know that you're going to get some grit and some fight, and uh, that, that is just instilled in the way that they play. I think the best thing is they can fine-tune tactically what he wants from his team. Yeah. It's not the same, obviously, not being able to play games to get our match fitness. Expect them to start slow, mm -hmm. but expect them to grow into the game. And being away from home, that might not be a bad thing, you know, just to get the rust off, but they can grow in and get strong as the game goes on. All right, let's see, uh, shall we? That game's coming up later on on the Golasso Network. Stay with us, though. Next here on Morning Footy, Aston Villa in action in the Europa Conference League qualifiers against Hibernian. We're going to look ahead to their season after this short break.